Welcome everyone to Tamrail Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamrail. I am your host, Eric, aka Sulior, and today we are going to be talking about the blades. So this uh gonna be starting a series on the different factions, like the different um, guilds and things like that in the Elder Scrolls games, and I figured that I would start with one of the oldest, and that would be the Blades. So, before we get to that, we do have a couple of bits of news, not a whole lot. So, I think the biggest right now, there's two things. Um, The people who are on consoles can now play the Firesong DLC. Hopefully, you picked up the High Isle uh, chapter. That's pretty much the only way you could really play this, um, I believe, uh, for free at least, unless you have Elder Scrolls uh, Plus, ESO Plus. Um, but yeah, those of us who uh, took part in the event um, got to play this, or can now play this for free without the subscription service. So I have been doing a little bit of that. I'll talk about that here in a bit. Um, the other big thing going on right now is the Dark Heart of Skyrim celebration. So I, I really am kind of scratching my head a little bit about the timing of this. Why they would have an event where you have to go to uh, the Reach and Western Skyrim and do all this stuff when a new DLC just drops. I, I don't know. Because um, I really want to go around and play the Fire Song DLC, but I don't want to miss out on the rewards for this. So there is a free quest that you can get in the Crown Store right now that kicks this off. Um, so let's find the name of this real quick here. The uh, free quest in the Crown Store is called Bloody Reunion. And so you talk to this dark elf named Mel Adris uh, near Carthwatch, and he sends you on a few things on a, and to do a few things. But once you do that, you do daily and weekly quests in Western Skyrim or the Reach, and you get reward boxes. And you know this will get you style items, it'll, or style pages, uh, crafting motifs, a chance for a chorus egg, a vile coagulant, or a crimson nurn root. You can get treasure maps, furnishing recipes, and uh, this is apparently new, Sarthal Scholar Armor Pages. So, um, yeah, there's also some regular you know boxes from defeating world bosses hero storms monsters treasure chests uh crafting you know material nodes things like that so yeah i i'm all for this i just think it's interesting timing to line this up around the release of a dlc that has its own zone so, I mean, like I said, I, I love events like this. I love just going around doing shit and um, experiencing a zone. Like, they've done this with, you know, elsewhere and some other places. 
I just think it's kind of odd timing <laughs> that it releases that, that that this event is around the time of a DLC release. I don't know. That's just me. Um, like I said, that's really the big news that's going on right now. Um, we got... <laughs> I've seen a couple of articles. I guess this guy had a knee knee replacement surgery and decided to turn it into a uh, Skyrim uh, reference where he took an arrow in the knee. Um, like he got a tattoo of an arrow going through his knee, which I think is just hilarious. Um, other news, there is a... a some news confirmed about um, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy, that open world game that's coming out soon, uh, has to do with the fact that your actions in the game affect the environment around you. And we've seen stuff like this before, but I always think it's really cool to know that what you're doing is actually making a difference in the world around you. Like, you, you play Skyrim and you do some good deeds evil deeds and really the only difference is what npcs will say to you when you walk by um that's really about it but if it actually has a a big impact i think that's really cool um i'm a harry potter fan i'm definitely looking forward to this game Uh, i think it's pretty much on all platforms i know it's going to be on the xbox playstation pc and i believe even switch yeah the article i'm reading says it will be on the switch so pc ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series consoles and the switch and the current release date is february 10th of 2023 so the only other thing that i see in the news is that you can pick up this little Bantam Guar non-combat pet for free um, through the 21st. Uh, yeah, November 21st. So you got a day to pick it up as this is being recorded. So by the time you listen to this, it's probably already gone. So hopefully you took advantage of that. So anyway, that really is it as far as the news. As far as what I've been playing, um, not a whole lot. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. So, I, I mean, I played a little bit of the Fire Song chapter, like my uh, North American character. Yeah, not, not my North American character. My European character is there because that is the one that I finished the High Isle chapter with. My North American characters, I haven't finished that yet. I need to get on that. But, um, yeah, actually, my North American character that I'm playing right now is currently in Solitude. So, yeah, that's the one that I'm doing the um, Skyrim event on. Um, other than that, still been playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, put quite a few hours into that. Um, played some Fallout 1 recently. If you would like to listen to my Fallout 1 gameplay, go listen to the most recent episode of the Fallout feed. I sent in a little video clip, or uh, sent in a little recording to them since they're playing Fallout 1 for their roundtable right now. So definitely go listen to that. Uh, played a little bit of Fallout 2 just to see if I've, you know, the fact that I now 
know how the controls are uh, will help, and it did. Um, let's see, the other big thing that I've been playing recently is Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Um, it's on Game Pass for free. So, I mean, if you have Game Pass, yeah, it's free. And this game, I think it's really good. Um, it's kind of grindy, but that's okay. Um, it's kind of like Stardew Valley, but with Disney characters. So you get transported to the valley, the Dreamlight Valley, and it's under a curse and everybody's forgetting what's going on and so you're helping the Disney characters break the curse through magic and the power of friendship and all that good shit um, so you can go and find these Disney characters who are trapped become friends with them help them do quests for them and that and, you know the you eventually unlock new areas and you can cook for them. So, yeah, it, it's... I don't know. It, it has no right to be as good as it is, but yeah, it it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. And you do a lot of the same things that you do in Stardew Valley, like digging, gardening, fishing, you know, same sort of thing, but you're surrounded by Disney characters. So, hey, you know... It's fun. Um, trying to think. That's really about it as far as what I've been playing. I mean, we recently lost Kevin Conroy, who was the voice actor for Batman for 30 years. So I played a little bit of Arkham City after I heard the news and uh, had to take on Mr. Freeze. So that was fun. Um, the Batman game, the Arkham games are always a good time. So, yeah, I think that's really about it. Let's get into talking about the Blades. Alright guys, so let's talk the Blades. So, the Blades are also known as the Imperial Intelligence Service, the Arms of the Throne, and the Order of the Blades. So, these are members of an elite imperial order dedicated to the protection and service of the dragonborn emperors of Tamriel. That's not all that they're known as, but that's kind of what they became known as there for a while. So, they're, defended, they're descended, rather, of the Akaviri Dragon Guard. So, that's probably why when you join them in Oblivion, you get Akaviri Katanas as weapons. So these became the personal bodyguards of Emperor Raymond I. The Blades have since diversified into many areas of imperial espionage, espionage, military, and diplomacy. So there are a select few appointed by the Emperor to serve openly as diplomats and bodyguards. The majority of the Blades' agents act as covert spies and couriers. They serve as the Emperor's eyes and ears, and a vast network of blades have influenced many critical events across Samrail, such as reassembling the Golem Numidium and the defeating of Dagoth Ur. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit. 
the blades were disbanded following the Great War and largely killed off by the Thalmor, but were reformed once again to assume their ancient role as dragon hunters during the return of Alduin. So that's kind of what they're doing right now that we know of, but they do have a pretty long history. So let's kind of go through that history. So they kind of get their start as one of a splinter, a bunch of splinter factions of the Akviri Dragon Guard after they disband, after they fell into disgrace when Raymond III was assassinated, which we mentioned that in a previous episode. So, yeah, they were serving as his bodyguards and they were assassinated by the Dark Brotherhood. Seeking redemption, this remnant would abandon their identities as the Dragon Guard and would search Tamriel for a potential candidate to take the Ruby Throne, with several seeking different methods of life extension such as vampirism in order to see this mission through. In time, these knights came into the service of Kulikane, or Kulikane, yeah, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to pronounce that properly, uh, during his conquest of Cyrodiil, but quickly shifted their allegiance to a man who had become Tiber Septim, as he had been the dragonborn they'd sought for centuries, which we mentioned in a previous episode. That's kind of one of the things that helped him come into power. With the ascendance of Tiber Septim, the ancient order emerged from its seclusion and resumed its role as serving the new emperor. Sorry, the new empire. It was under the Septim dynasty that the organization would become known as the Blades, the, you know, the Blade of the Emperor, as they rose into to greater prominence than the Dragon Guard ever had, developing into a continent-spanning intelligence service that worked under the personal direction of the Emperor. This network was necessary to accomplish the vital tasks which the Blade were entrusted including recovery and joining together pieces of the Numidium ever since it was shattered by the Underking, which took centuries to accomplish and resulted in the Warp of the West. I need to do an episode specifically on the Warp of the West at some point. That, yeah. So, Emperor Uriel, the Sept- Uriel Septim VII, the one we know, uh, the emperor we know in Oblivion, in particular, made heavy use of the blades, dispatching it, uh, agents to investigate King Lysandus' death and the Nerevarine prophecies. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to talk about that. That is basically the events of Morrowind. So, we'll, we'll get to that here in a bit. So, um, under Uriel Septim, the blades were known to have deconstructed the Numidium after the annexation of Morrowind, and then transported it to the halls of Colossus and elsewhere, which were used as a testing ground for the Numidium before Tiber Septim used it to abolish, or sorry, to demolish the second Aldmeri Dominion. Tiber Septim was fatally wounded in battle at Sancrator, where he died and descended to become one of the Nine Divines, which we all know, right? <laughs> uh, the Blades built a shrine in the catacombs of Sancrator on the spot where he received the blessing of Akatosh, which is where we visit in Oblivion when we have to go retrieve his armor. 
So it was served, it then served as a place for pilgrimage uh, for the Blades for many years. So, yeah, of course, then it was corrupted by the Under King, and we have to go visit it. And there's the undead uh, remains of the Blades that we have to fight. That was fun. Well, let's talk about the Warp of the West a little bit. So, Ariel Septim sent a Blade agent to the Iliac Bay uh, after the death of King Lysandus in order to investigate his death and why his ghost was restless. So, the Warp of the West is basically the the events of Daggerfall. So, you can actually hear his ghost in certain areas where he's just go vengeance you basically just hear him like when you're in certain spots you'll just hear that repeated over and over and over again so your your character the agent was tasked with investigating Lysandus and why his ghost stalked the streets of Daggerfall and you also have to find and destroy a letter to Queen Minceria or Minisera. So you speak to Minisera, but before that, you receive a letter from a Daggerfall noble lady, um, Lady Brissina? Brissina? I think that's how you pronounce that. And it tells you that you got to go see her in a village tavern. So once you get her face-to-face with her, she admits that she was actually a high-ranking member of the Blades and her position had been compromised. So... Uh, before leaving, she informed the agent that about the major powers of the base, there's Sentinel, Wayrest, and Daggerfall, and how they would be good places to start your investigation. So, a follower of the Underking eventually gives you a letter saying they wish to meet you, and they explain that Man and Marco and his worm cult have stolen an item for the Underking, cursed it, and then gave it to the Blades. So the Underking claims to wish no harm to fall upon the Blades, so he asks you to enter Castle Lukewich near Yukalan, the headquarters of the Blades in the Iliac Bay region, and remove the cursed items. So yeah, this is going on about the events of Daggerfall. So it's kind of interesting how you're an agent of the Blades in several games, like... Morrowind. So in Morrowind, you're a <laughs> you're you're a prisoner, but you're also being sent to investigate these Nerevarine prophecies in Vardenfell, and you meet an undercover agent agent of the Blades named Caius Cosatis. Cosatis, I think is how you pronounce that, and he. Yeah, you're, you're a prisoner, and you're sent kind of to go undercover and investigate these. So you have to talk to a bunch of the native folk, like the Ashlanders. You, you find out what these Nervarine prophecies are, and spoilers, it turns out you are, in fact, the Nervarine. Uh, spoilers for a, you know, 20-year-old game here. But yeah, you're you kind of be, you become an agent. You become a member of the Blades through the, this process, and you eventually have to take on Dagothur and Red Mountain. So, in Oblivion, of course, you are held in prison, and the Emperor is attacked by members of the Mythic Dawn. We've talked about all this. 
but you also become a member of the Blades in this game after you find uh, Joffrey, who is kind of undercover, shall we say. He's living as a, a monk undercover. And once you find uh, Tiber, or not Tiber, Uriel Septim's son and Kavach and escort him back to Wayne Priory and you know that we find out the Amulet of Kings is stolen then you go to the Blades headquarters at Cloud World Temporal uh, their fortress and you're made a member of the Blades there but this is the second time that an Emperor has been assassinated under the Blades watch and they take it pretty hard um, there's a member named, uh, I'm on his name, Kyrus, who watched Uriel Septim pass. Like, he watched him get murdered. And he goes off and gets drunk afterward. Like, he took it really hard. And you have to go convince him that his, his um, task isn't complete yet. He, you know, you're charged with lighting the dragon fires and kind of crowning and crowning the new emperor because you know they're they're still part of the bloodline that's still alive at that point and you need him to light the dragon fires stop the forces of oblivion and take control of the ruby throne ultimately things kind of go awry but that's what i'm saying like you essentially become a member of this force that is doing everything they can to preserve the empire and again like i said you know things kind of go awry there at the end but you really that i think that's one of the first times you i really felt like i was part of the blades like yeah you are technically a member of the Blades in Oblivion and, I mean not Oblivion, but well yes, Oblivion, but Daggerfall and Morrowind, but you're not really interacting with a whole lot like, you kind of are a little bit in Morrowind where you have to find other members of the Blades and they can train you in certain areas like Longsword, Block, you know things like that, like they can train you in your skills to where you can level up but you're not really fighting alongside them like you are in oblivion particularly like the one time you really feel it is when you're going to close the great gate outside of bruma where uh, martin gives this really inspiring speech and you're fighting alongside the the other blade members to stop these demons coming out of these portals and then you eventually go into the said portal and go and close it but that's one of my favorite scenes in oblivion um and it also that scene shows the growth of martin in his time when he when you first get to cloud rural temporal they want you to or they want martin to give a speech to the blades because it's the first time he's addressed as emperor martin well i don't think he was technically emperor at that point but they address him as martin septim 
And he's like, well, I'm not much for speeches, but you know, they seem to like it. And he, yeah, it, it really wasn't very impressive. But then he gives this really dramatic speech at the Great Gate outside of Bruma. But yeah, um, that that's one of the like, yeah, you can walk around the Blades Fortress at Cloud Roller Temple, and you can kind of interact with them. But that's the first time you really fight beside them that I know of. Um, I can't really think of any others off the top of my head so let's go to Skyrim here so as I said the events of Oblivion don't quite go out the way you expect it to or the way you hoped at the end of Oblivion the Emperor is in the Empire is in ruins and it it, it, it really, like, yeah, it, Oblivion is kind of a uh, an appropriate name for that game because it was the end of a lot of things. And then we find Skyrim, or, or like, we, we get into Skyrim, and we find out that the Blades were all were pretty much disbanded after the end of the Septim Dynasty. Although there are some that still kind of operate in secret. And then Alduin shows up. And the Blades are like, hey, we used to be dragon hunters. We used to go and fight dragons in you know, the Dragon Guard. Why don't we do that again? So... I mean, they were they were living in secret uh, because, as I mentioned, there were members of the Thalmor that would hunt them down and kill them, just because they were blades, because they saw them as a threat, and they didn't want anybody rising up against them, even though they weren't technically, quote unquote, in charge. It was kind of a truce between the Empire and the Thalmor, but we all know that the Thalmor are just biding their time until they can wipe out the Empire. So you meet Delphine in, when you're trying to find the Horn of Jorgen Windcaller. And she reveals herself. You, like, you meet her at the beginning of the game when you're in Riverwood, but you don't realize what she is. Um, and she reveals herself to be a member of the Blades. And you kind of find out that, yeah, the Blades really... They're, like... After... The, um, the events of Oblivion, Cloud Rule of Temporal was completely, pretty much completely destroyed. And there was a blade named Achilles Bullar who fled to Skyrim. Um, and he fought a last stand against the Thalmor. But um, there are some other, he's known as the Forgotten Hero. And um, there's also another person named uh, Tur um, who escaped a Dramora some Dramora and they pretty much go into hiding until they hear of the dragonborn you and they want to get back to their roots so yeah Delphine has you go find Esbern who is being hunted and you find him as, you know, you have to kill some Thalmor because they'd found him. Because they'd been keeping an eye on him, as well as Delphine. 
and you rescue him and go to Skyhaven Temple, and that's pretty much where we're at now. Um, I <laughs> I refuse to kill Parthenax, although if you're playing on PC, there's a way around that. But if you do, then Esbern will have you go and find people who you think are suitable for the blades and you can go and recruit people and kind of rebuild them um like i said i i don't kill parthenex and if you don't then that's kind of the end of it which i think is kind of horse shit but you know because parthenex has shown that he's reformed and he doesn't go around just killing people at the will of Alduin, but that's kind of what they're afraid of, is that Alduin will eventually be able to influence Parthenex and as well as the others to do what they do and go and, you know, wreak hell and havoc on everything. But, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, we don't know what's happened since Skyrim, but you're essentially tasked with rebuilding the blades and um, go and kill dragons so there's also the mobile game Elder Scrolls Blades um, it's kind of a, a I don't know that's kind of its own thing so ba yeah you're basically an agent of the blades and you're tasked with rebuilding the town and going out and doing things um but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. Uh, we don't really know. Like, there's just there's definitely going to be some questions that are answered with the next game, whenever that is, whenever it's released, whenever it takes place. We just don't know. So, I think that's uh, probably a good place to leave off here. Um, like I said, the, the Blades are a very old, ancient faction that goes back long, long time. Back to the First Era, really. If not the Merithic Era. So, anyway, that is really it as far as this episode goes. Um, I think I'm going to probably do a retrospective on arena here pretty soon i'm looking forward to doing that but as far as the next faction goes or guild let's get into the dark brotherhood so anyway that is it i'm gonna get out of here so i'd like to thank the hive as always for sponsoring this podcast and if you'd like to get a hold of me you can find me on twitter and instagram at iangold08 I uh, can be found, the show's page can be found on Twitter and Instagram at TamraLP. And, I mean, hopefully Twitter will still be around here by the next episode. We'll find out. Uh, that's a, there's a lot that we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Twitter as well. Um, who knows, maybe I'll set up a Mastodon page. Um, I'm also on TikTok, although I haven't really posted much recently. I need to get back into posting videos um, on that platform as well. Um, that is at Sulior, S-U-L-I-O-R-E. And I am also in, I was in the last episode of the Modus Files, and I'm going to be in this next episode of the Modus Files as well. I think I mentioned that in the last episode, but it is going to be called Team Cryptid. 
so be on the lookout for that. You can also find me at my other shows. Got Super Nintendo just recently did an episode breaking down the latest indie direct, and I've got a new series I'm going to be doing on that pretty soon, where we kind of go over the different movies and TV shows that cover Nintendo IPs, such as the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, we got there's a there was a Double Dragon movie, there was a Zelda cartoon, there was the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, all the way up to Detective Pikachu, and I mean, hell, maybe we'll do the Sonic movies as well. So, as far as Tapes from the Waste goes, we got an episode that will be coming out really soon on The Mysterious Stranger, so be on the lookout for that as well. So, anyway, I'm going to get out of here, so, as always, stay safe, adventurers.